This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 188, Victory Points and Objectives Part 2. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. points and objectives part two come on down we're gonna ride with you we're gonna have a little fun while we talk about the game thanks for joining space cats peace turtle we are really lame <laughs> is my, hi uh okay we're gonna we, this is a part two of an episode no, that wasn't in the episode that was, was in the episode yeah no buddy. matt no <laughs> you have to you are about to get fired from your editing job bud you can't that's inside baseball if you're like, I have a horrible bit and I'm going to have it in the show because I'm the editor and I decide what goes. The further you do this, the more I'm required to leave it in. Ugh. Sorry, Honor. Horrible. Horrible. I don't this make is the rules. You know what errata we should get because we yeah. got a lot of, we got a lot of, <laughs> we have a lot to talk lot about for that episode we just put out, um, which of course we were. We yeah. knew that we were. Yeah. Um, but it's even more than we thought, I guess. But, uh, because I feel like I feel like we could record an episode where the whole time we are just reminding people that we are just just talking here, yeah. And they would still be like, "These these guys are just coming in hard, yeah. like and hot." And actually, it's your fault, Matt. It's not my fault. I'm you're the one with that tone. You I have that. No, okay. I balance excited. that. No, I you start get every single. Go, I start every single go, episode with a scre- with with a dumb jokey song, sure. and then yes, I start yelling. Okay, yes. I get it. Yeah, I, I, I remember the, the looking at the feedback to the Arborek episode, I, I saw someone responding really like, like passionately about us talking about how Arborek doesn't have uh, economic advantages in base game. Yeah. And I was looking at that and I was like, well, I feel like we kind of made that point, but maybe we, we didn't make it like 100%. But then I listened back to the episode and, <laughs> and at minute five, you're like, they have no economic advantages. You just yell it right into the microphone. And I'm like, okay, yeah, oh, but okay, can that's you what take it, Can you take it on the whole where I say that, I, I lead yes, with that totally. hot take, and then immediately walk it back, and we talk about, all right, we're into the Arboricarada now, I Well, guess. that's the whole thing is that... <laughs> That you like to say, you like to say the point yeah. loud and a hundred percent, and then say, "All right, well, let's un- that unpack that." Not and that's true. a weird style of speaking. Yeah. Okay, that's a weird thing that you do. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. It and it leads. I'm to, not saying it's bad. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think people it makes overreact me feel bad to it because of oh. the reactions we get. Oh uh, well, whatever. And I, I and I am to blame for those reactions. So. Yeah, but we're talking. But we're talking about cardboard and plastic, dog. Like it's not. <laughs> that big of a deal <laughs> so i th- i think it's fine but i forget that you do that because to me that's yeah. like a that just happens like that's talking. just like a normal thing yeah i don't even i don't even hear that but then when people respond i can hear the echoes of them yep. bouncing off of the the loud thing you said into the microphone and then with me it's like <laughs> i made a joke forever ago and i i will never ever be forgiven for yeah let's the joke talk about that, that joke real okay. real fast yeah uh hunter doesn't like four-player games. Hunter doesn't like fourteen-point games. Guess what? I don't either. But Hunter, you really know what else I don't like? like I don't like onions on pizza. <laughs> 
Well, Hunter, that's that you're not allowed to. No, we're all, uh, we're doing it again right now where we make jokes, we make light of it. We should not uh, make and, jokes. And, no, and people no joke time. view that as us dunking on people that do like that. And I want you to know Absolutely we not. don't mean it that way. Would and rather we, die. Would we, rather straight up die right now than yeah. look at four people having a good time I know. and say, <laughs> no, you don't. My, my way's better. I would rather die. I just want you to know. I'm talking to you, okay? I'm talking to you, listener, that one listener. I would rather just die, just croak on the, just be dead on the ground, not even buried properly, just fall on on the dirt, fall in the dirt, than look at some people having a good time with this board game in any Yeah. We, like you know what i mean like oh we 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 like to play uh, 2.5 players where we have two players and then one person plays <laughs> as a team on either side i love I don't it. i don't care do yeah. it do your thing yeah enjoy the game but we I, don't we don't get to talk about the game like that because we don't have time we do we you know what we will do the 2.5 player episode but it'll be an episode yeah it, it's it's not uh it's not the the framework that we're always talking from because I mean we get enough we get enough people saying you know responding to the things that we say on the show as if we have I don't know like ill intent or like yeah. or like or we're just like horribly stupid uh, and sometimes what will be revealed is that the person critiquing what we're saying is playing the game under a different yep. framework it's merely that we're just not playing the game the the exact same way right. Right. So how do you how do you have a show where you can talk about all of these elements yeah. and not you, you constantly this, run into that? You said this basically. while we were kind of prepping this conversation and it's like I can't imagine if we had tried to do this show in TI3 with all the optional rules. Impossible. This show could Completely not impossible. have existed in Twilight Imperium 3rd edition. Every so, every point, every fact yeah. that we would try and use to support any argument would have to have a million caveats of like but we only play with X thing this way yes. with that and you know. Yeah. So, 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 and this, this point, I feel like we've covered in the past of like, you know, the show is structured around 10.6 player game and I, and I hate that that leaves people out. Um, but what I want to double down on right now is that we do not think that four player is lesser for the community, uh, or that 14 point is lesser for the community. It's just that we, we don't have the patience to play that because we don't enjoy it as much. And even then, I, every once in a while, I will play for a, a four-player game. Sometimes that's all I can get together. Like, I, I know all the reasons people do four-player games, but it, it just isn't what I enjoy, and I'm not, I can't force myself to play a bunch of four-player games for this show, at least not at this point. Um, so I just want to reiterate that, that like, you can like your way of playing, and I'm sorry that our, a lot of our talking points um, leave you out, and that and that sucks. And I and I I think you are valid in being upset that like you can love this board game, uh, and maybe not love this show as much as you would hope to because we don't cover it the way that you play it. So I really I really wish I could just some I don't even know where it is is the problem. It would take me I would have to re-listen to the to the show yeah uh, completely to find the thing I said. That was probably a joke, but maybe it wasn't. And you know yeah. what? I'm going to assume just for the sake of of the people that it feels like we're like really annoyed by this, that it wasn't a joke and that yeah. I just said something mean. I really wish I could find it and just get rid of it because yeah. I that is that is not how I feel um, about other people playing Twilight Imperium. I want other people to play the game and enjoy it. And I really don't care how they do it. And and the the 
the thing about us playing six player is I think really just important for the finer points of the show. There's a lot of things we cover that in a vacuum could just be, you know, like the in the introduction episodes, for example, when we're just reading the components that is applicable to to every game. But once when, when we get to the finer points, we, when we say the more specific stuff, yeah, it's always in reference to six player. Yeah. Um, unless, of course, the episode is about something else. Something I don't know. Else. It just yeah. it bums me out that this that that this keeps getting brought up and it's my fault. Like I'm not right. I'm not putting that on the people that that have have heard the show. Um, I just I don't know. We Maybe we'll just do a whole episode where yeah. we say everything we just said, but longer and, and where the title yeah. says the one where where they say this, because, I, yeah, I th- that's not how I feel. And, I, and, and we joke around a lot on the show, so it's really hard for me to not say that it was probably a joke that did not land that well with some people or or it isn't or like I really was just like, man, I just hate that. Yeah. There was an episode where I was forced to play four player 14 point. 14 point move i was forced to play my least favorite way to play so maybe it's from that episode maybe it's me legitimately being like frustrated yeah that i had to play it, the game in a way that i don't like and it really just comes down to i don't like it when all the strategy cards get taken yeah. every time that's it that's all it is right it's it's, it's really simple yeah it's um, not even about for the amount of people i don't right. care how many people are playing but right. um so the the other stuff to talk about then in the in the arborec episode that just came out the other day uh first off I, it was probably weird uh the timing of it because that was supposed to be like an extra episode last week yeah but hunter got um he got implanted with uh, <laughs> the serum and so it- the government the government <laughs> gave me the second dose of the vaccine and some people the second dose of the vaccine is almost like they're giving you the flu yeah or free you don't even pay money for it it's pretty it's interesting flu. Uh, but yeah so i i had very much just the flu yeah. all weekend and still had to commentate a game so that was rough and i didn't do very good commentary yeah and we didn't um, get to, to record so so that's why this object objectives part two was supposed to be tuesday whatever anyways to get out of that uh the only st- other stuff i really want to talk about with arborec is and i don't have this very structured but like there were plenty of uh conversations about the value that arborec does have because we talked a lot in pretty what i would call simplistic terms in as far as like economy goes right arborec doesn't have a trade good generator they don't have an easy way to get extra command counters but i do think there's a lot of really good points that have been made in the nuances of an arborex style of game and how that contributes to economic advantages one of the main ones i've seen is people talking about well you don't have to build at home right so that's one command counter yeah. around you kind of save because you're just sort of incorporating builds into the structure of your expansion and i think that that's valid i i think there are some there's some pushback i could give but it's not even worth giving because i think that is a point worth giving arborec that they they have a at least slightly better command counter economy because they are not specifically going back home and doing a build all the time yeah um, outside of that the 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 economic gain or the uh, i i feel like m- maybe we didn't talk enough about the value of the agent um and maybe or, or we overly downplayed it but i i we did talk about like you get three and a half resources per round and that realistically we probably scoffed at that 
And that realistically isn't something to, to scoff at. If every faction had a reliable three and a half resources per round, that would be pretty good. That's pretty good ability. So, yeah, I actually kind of disagree though w with the three and a half resources, yeah, est like estimation of it because you exchange a piece of plastic for sure. another piece of plastic. Right. So three and a half resources does sound like a like a bit much, right? Because you have to get rid of the plastic or whatever. But you could yeah. sell it, yeah, you could sell it to somebody else. But then how are you? Like, I guess I'm a little confused as to. I don't think you ever. Yeah, I don't think Arbrek ever sells that agent. Real. Well, but okay, no, don't even say that though, because because people we've gotten feedback where people <laughs> are like, sell it. It's very sellable. Yeah. Or how much though? Because right. that person then removes a piece of their plastic in order to upgrade it. So essentially, like that maybe they're getting like two two TGs of value out. Right. I mean, are they just going to pay you the amount of money that it would have cost them to build the thing, or yeah. or what is the the price there? So yeah. I just. I I feel like we 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 got a lot of feedback from this one, and we're still getting more. I would imagine like, by the time this comes two out, two posts, two new posts outside of our post about Arborek. Like, People <laughs> did not like this episode. <laughs> like, let's just be. Well, and okay, so then the, then the last point I want to make about it is, uh, like we tried to to stress, this was a this was a called shot, and. I will point out at the end of the episode, we didn't even really explicitly say that we we finally feel that Arborek is the worst faction. We keep doing this, Hunter, where we set up uh, an episode with like a BuzzFeed article headline. Like a question. Like a dumb yeah. question. Uh, and then we don't give an explicit answer. And I think we haven't driven home the point enough that like it's because there isn't one. Uh, people got mad at us when we said when we had an episode about our favorite factions and then we didn't say what our favorite factions <laughs> were. Uh, <laughs> and th th this is the same thing. This is is Arborek the worst? Man, your mileage is going to vary. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like the community has a really good agreement that there are four factions at the bottom. Ghosts, Nalu, Arborek, and Mentak. Yeah. And one of those factions is probably among it, they're, they're all kind of among the worst but the other thing that i i would like to drive home is what we definitely know is that pok has shrunk everything in in terms of the tiers i i, I think there's a pretty solid argument that there's only three tiers and they're not even that far away from each other there's like an s yeah. tier a huge a tier and then a b tier of the four i just mentioned and then that's it and everything has pretty decent viability to win a game i think so too i i, I don't think we're I don't think we have a situation of like uh like in in base game i i don't want to get errata on errata but uh so in base game we didn't have an arborek win on the record that's a fact you can't <laughs> actually errata what i just said because yeah. that because i said we didn't right you did maybe but we did not mm -hmm. so i don't think though that two years from now we're going to say the same thing about POK. I think we're going to have a lot of yeah. uh, wins from every single faction Definitely. on the record. That That is that is a prediction also. So you can't really errata that either. Because <laughs> unless you're a time traveler, you actually can't prove whether I was wrong or right. So there you go. <laughs> we did not get errata can't on get errata. Because <laughs> I literally proved to you that you cannot errata the things that I said. <laughs> Well, okay, we've we've dwelled on all of this uh, too too long. We have so much. We took so long getting through objectives last time. It is time to talk about more victory points and objectives. We we finished yes. up uh, kind of an overview of everything last week. We talked about all of the control objectives, which there are many of. 
and it is now time to get into the rest. I think we are going to not have to dwell on nearly as many objectives this time. So right. hopefully don't expect at, you know a five-minute conversation about every single objective. Because a lot of them from here on out are pretty similar in their uh, effect on the game. So yeah. let's kick it off. Uh, the, the next thing on the table is tech objectives. I, I feel like there's actually a world where tech objectives could have been included in a later section. Which is going to be miscellaneous component objectives. But tech objectives are just different enough and mostly got categorized because they were so defining in base game. And so we still sort of separate them, even though they they're are infamous. Way, yeah, they they're infamous, infamy. even though they've gone down in that infamy and POK. Yeah, yeah. But uh, your stage one tech objectives, everyone knows, are diversify research, have two techs in two colors, and develop weaponry, have two upgrade technologies, and their stage two counterparts are two techs in four colors, and three unit upgrade technologies. And we've had lots of conversations about tech, but these used to define the pace of the game. They're not as big of a deal now, but the big the, the, the thing here is that two upgrades and three upgrades are very doable. Uh, when three unit upgrade technologies comes out, that is generally a pretty not that bad uh, objective for people to do, especially if they specifically plan for it. If you don't already have it, it, you can put yourself into an awkward position of needing tech the round you don't want to score seventh. But outside of that, usually if you've got the three units, bam, free point, probably a free win locked up. All you got to do is hold on to your home system. Um, the only one here that is like ridiculous is two tech and four colors is basically yeah. a tech is a, basically an objective no one ever gets except for maybe Necro and Jolnar. Yeah, and also two and two. Have we have we spent any time yet dunking on two and two because two and two's <sighs> Still's not. I don't like to it. Yeah, it's right? annoying. The, I still don't like it. We opened up so much of the tech paths in POK, and then and and this doesn't come out nearly as often. So you're not specifically always playing every game with two and two in mm -hmm. mind. And then when this comes out as like the fourth objective, it's like ah, oh, okay, fine. I'll get self assembly routines or something. You know, <laughs> the the to tie a point we're making now to a point we made in the earlier section. Uh, Two and two being less prevalent, de-emphasized, not as likely to come up is, I think, a, a very good reason why uh, there's more, I think, diversity in how many factions are, yeah. um, you know, viable. Yeah, definitely. Because, definitely. because it's no longer, there's no longer like a tech uh, schema right. or like this is, the, the tech needs to sort of look like this so that right. it can optimally score points. It's just like, now it's more like just, just get whatever tech yeah. you want, and then one of these comes out, and you're like, oh, that's We, we can talk but. all day about how Jolnar's strength went down in POK, but the real one to look at is Soul. Soul was set up so perfectly for getting three upgrades and getting two tech and two colors and getting your faction tech. I mean, Soul could just do every single uh, tech objective except for two and four without even thinking about it, and that made them an incredibly dominant force. And in POK... I, nobody cares about soul like nobody thinks about them or is worried about them almost ever because one of their main strengths was just the convenience of their tech and that is right. no longer a big deal There's, it's still convenient it's still a convenient tech path for them but they are not rewarded all the time in objectives anymore yeah i agree with that also i i, I feel like there's been a lot of i've been seeing a lot of hate on soul which is yeah. oddly timed in my opinion right. because of what you just said like in a lot of ways soul has has gone down a peg yeah. as far as like how important how relevant are their abilities to winning the game right um and i think there's a chance that sardak is better i mean obviously to me sardak is better because sardak is the best but uh i i feel like the hate is undeserved because well, actually soul is on the back 
the the back seat. Uh, to make the only hate I tend to see is just how freaking boring Soul is. Just nobody well, likes. Why the do pl- people? Nobody I, likes wait, to play no, a Soul in it, anymore. I am. I so, see that all the time. I'm, but I I I do not agree. Yeah. It it, it is. I don't it, either. I love Yin. I love Soul. I love I love what they have to offer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I I also don't agree with that assessment. But that's what that's just what I see is this hate for like well they just they just have slices you can't take it's like wait wasn't that like the primary defense of extra and base game is like you have a slice I, that no one can take i think it's in inherently elitist though to use a word like boring to describe a faction for because what you're saying is yeah when someone else plays it right. even if they like it it is boring right it's just weird it's yeah. like a weird argument to make like you could argue like that a faction is too good or, mm-hmm. or too bad or whatever, like, and, and that all makes sense. But as soon as you put that, like, yeah. it's a boring it thing out there, you kind of lose me because I'm just like, well, but people like what they like, yeah. you know? like He likes it. He likes it. Like, who cares? <laughs> Some people like it. Yeah. Some people uh, like L4 Disruptors. They just want to get it because right. they think it's a cool tech, <laughs> all right? And they enjoy using it, yeah. okay? Like, they don't care if you think the L4 Disruptors is just not useful. And yeah. there's no point to it. I like using it. And that has value because part of the game is not just playing it yeah. as good as possible, but also doing the thing that you, you like. like to do yeah. in the game. Turn the podcast off right now. There's no reason <laughs> to play this game. Just put to, There's no reason to play this game optimally. Just play the game how yeah. you like it. Stop listening to the show. Yeah. That's what I think. We were talking earlier right now. Off, Put the show down right now. How do we how do we cater how do we make a show for a casual audience? And I don't I don't know because the, the core conceit of the, the show is like we're gonna talk in depth about stuff. And that like specifically leaves people out who don't care about that stuff but i mean the argument is everybody somewhat care like you're playing a a strategy game you you care a little bit about the strategy but yeah i I don't know what we do uh with with some of that stuff beyond just like i love it when you love the thing you love so you should love it (laughs) i think we have episode or i think we can have episodes that cater that anyway sorry i got meta anyways uh the secrets are have four tech in one color a uh master the laws of physics and adapt new strategies have two faction technologies uh, these are incredibly variable per faction. The, mm-hmm. This one, you draw it. If you get it first, you either know one. You know, if you're a Sorrel, yay. You love both of them. You're doing both of these things no matter what. Both of your faction techs are in green and you want to go down four green. Like, sometimes this just makes sense and sometimes this is, like, so, so, so far out of your right. The four and one color, especially. Some factions just don't want to do it. Although, nowadays, in POK, you can get four blue tech. Anybody can get four blue tech and have a good game. Yeah, I mean, there's, like... Well, the, yeah, there's like there's six blue tech and uh, five of them are great. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, like, it's it, it. Yeah, it does kind of become just get blue right yeah. now, though. But you know what? You know, everything's changing, yeah. you know, and and I think it's time for yellow to have its day. Yeah, and it I'm ready for yellow be... to have its day. I'm really hoping someday. I, I don't there is no indication when we will get another codex. We just got codex two. It was a year between Codex 1 and 2. There's no indication when Codex 3 would happen. But I would love an upgrade to Space Dock 2. I would love, so, I would like an Omega Space, Omega Dock, Space 2 Dock 2 to really shake up to, and, and make it awesome in some crazy way so that it, so that the value of yellow tech... Because we've talked a lot about how transit is pretty good. Integrated economy is pretty good. It's yeah. that lower level stuff that's like, ah, and the upgrade doesn't do anything for me and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, man, if we could, if we could just sort of improve some of that... 
yeah, I'm ready for yellow to have a day in the sun. Yeah, I think that's cool. What if give him planetary shield or something? Would that be cool? That could would be, that cool. be cool. Sure, I, I like that it. Could be cool. Yeah, I, I like like your 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 space dock. You know, that's out way on Lodor or whatever. Now it helps defend your infantry. That sounds right. great. Yeah, I like that. Love it. Um, okay, econ- economic objectives are next up, and these are these are also fairly simple to get through. Uh, for stage one, uh, we have our base game stuff. Erect a monument, spend eight resources. Sway the council, spend eight influence. And negotiate trade routes, spend five trade goods. These are all things that pretty much anybody can do. You can always plan for these. These are uh, We're getting more and more stats now from the TTS. Uh, the Parsley Sage has, has stuff going on where they're collecting stats from TTS games. Uh, and and we are seeing more and more that economic objectives are the most scorable. They everyone scores them because you don't have to be any special way to score yeah. these. You just have to yeah. plan properly for them. Take trade at the right time. Use leadership and save your influence. Whatever. All these different things. Um, if I had to pick one of these that's slightly more annoying, it would be spend eight resources. Right. I, I to to decide between in the early game, especially choosing to increase my plastic advantage over getting the point i think that's where i'm noticing more and more that i make the weak decision um Ah. so generally speaking i do think it makes more sense to save spend spend eight resources or really any of these spends save them for last if you can um because getting units on the board is going to be more valuable in then protecting your ability to score those spend eight resources versus spending eight resources early not getting the plastic and then in the late game you don't have the plastic to defend your ability to get other points yeah, see, I don't really care about, I mean, eight resources, eight influence, whatever. Yeah. I just don't like the five TGs because yeah. it's only TG. I just feel it's it's less stuff, right? But mm-hmm. the fact that all five have to be trade yeah. goods always just kind of annoys me because it's so easy with the influence and resources to just kind of mix and match in a way that right. makes it where it's not actually hurting you uh, that badly. But if it's just like you need if you like if you don't have five trade goods and five trade goods comes out you're never getting it's it. <laughs> it's obnoxious because you're probably not gonna just like people can count that's a, that's a big problem <laughs> so if you really need it people can count which is not great yeah uh taking the trade strategy card just to get that is okay actually taking trade is always fine so maybe maybe i'm just complaining about nothing but i would always much rather uh have any of the other ones come out yep than five trade goods just me personally just saying just just preference Um, just to get through the other stage ones we have amass wealth spend three resources three influence and three trade goods which is just sort of like a hodgepodge of all of them this one is so interesting in a round one scenario i I can't do hunter do you like to score this one round one if you can if it if it comes out as one of the first two objectives because i i think i tend to push for it and then generally probably regret it I don't know. It depends on what, it, what the other yeah, objective that's, is. That's way too hard to answer in a vacuum yeah. just because it depends on the faction that I'm playing. Yeah. Uh, if we're playing a faction with uh, big economic boons, whatever, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're playing with one without economic boons, like, for example, have you heard our Arborek episode? Uh, <laughs> I maybe don't want to score this. I don't want to slow myself down so much. Yeah. But th- that that's one thing that we will probably not cover in this episode because it is difficult, I think, to fully plant a flag one way or the other. EOK in general feels to me like instead of delaying scoring on round one and prioritizing plastic, yeah. because the game is faster now, 
you it does kind of seem like in most situations you need to prioritize scoring over plastic round one just i think kind of a bummer but i uh, love it i'm thrilled because that's how i've always well, yeah because it's play, your play style I, yeah, yeah. It's my play exactly it, it suits me um the right. last economic objective i want to just call attention to is a is a weird one because i think there's an argument for it not being economic but it's engineer a marvel have a flagship or war sun on the board this is very yeah. specifically not control and it's not you know it's not any of these other things it's it's have a specific unit that you need to have spent money on so for i mean if spend eight resources comes out and then engineer marvel comes out that's two things you need eight resources for so then it yeah. becomes really tricky and annoying um but i love engineer marvel because of what it does to the staleness that we saw in base game with the fact that destroy their greatest ship was a secret objective and there was very little other incentive for someone to build a flagship outside of unveil flagship we're going to get to both of those later but those are the only other two reasons to build a flagship specifically and right. so then it became a thing where no faction should ever build their flagship ever because you're putting well, yeah, a point unless, on unless the board. they have a good like a good Amazing. enough flagship right which right. is obviously an uh an opinion thing like some people just build a, a flagship because they're like oh i really like this yeah, yeah. then sometimes it's like to me at least in base game if 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 I saw the L one flagship, I was like, oh, that's probably just for the utility, right? Right. right. But if I saw Hakan, I don't know, yeah, if I saw Hakan's flagship come out, I'd be like, oh, that's probably a secret objective related, yeah. right? Right. And right. now this is an, another another reason to get all those flagships out there, which yeah. is great. Also, it's cool that Nomad and Muat get this for free. Or cool? Is that what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I think it's cool that Muat gets it for free. Yeah, yeah. Nomad uh, does not need the free point, but they get it anyways. Um, the stage two versions of most of these are found a golden age, spend 16 resources, manipulate galactic law, spend 16 influence, centralize galactic trade, spend six, uh, 10 trade goods and hold vast reserves, spend six resources, six influence and six trade goods. All four of those are very doable. Generally speaking, the 16 yeah, resources and 16 influence are the ones you see that are the most blockable because people can look out and go like, well, they're holding Mechatol Rex. We can take 16, six influence off of them right away. So that, that's where you see really interesting wind slay opportunities in the late mm -hmm. game. Um, but generally speaking, this is the other reason you see people just stockpile trade goods, right? Because if, yeah. if you have just a ton of trade goods, there's nothing in the game in the action phase that takes trade goods away from you. So as long as you have them, you will continue to have them into the status phase and can score these points. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally agree with everything you said. I, I'll say six, six and six, I think can be a little easier to stop than the, than the, the 16 because yeah. you happen to get lucky and have a lot of resources or a lot of influence focused in like two systems, like let's say your home right. system and then like one powerhouse system. The idea that you would be able, especially with attachments, lock those two down and then also have enough trade goods to score the 16 and basically say like, I'm basically unstoppable. Um, I feel like does kind of defeat the point of it. It's supposed to be like way too much to right. have to keep in control of. But I like kind of the six, six resources, six influence, six trade goods, because it's harder, I think, for you to say that all of that is locked up in like two systems. Right. Um, because systems generally either have more resources or more influence. They're not both. Yeah. There's not like a bunch of two planet systems where they have completely even across the board right. resources and influence. Yeah. So, yeah, Definitely. I don't know. Um, so as for secrets, we have Gather a Mighty Fleet, five Dreadnoughts. I, we, I'm putting this in the category similar to the Have a Flagship. This is just, you see this as a thing that people had to 
continue to generate enough money and enough time to get Dreadnoughts on the board, so I'm calling it economic. I could see there being an argument for some other categorization for this, but we're trying to stay a little bit broad. Uh, there's also yeah. Occupy the Fringe, have nine or more ground forces on a planet without a space dock. I want to talk about that one in a second. The last one is Mechanize the Military, have one mech on four planets. Five Dreadnoughts and one mech on four planets, not a big deal, especially the mech one, um, because with deploy mechs or anybody who gets self-assembly routines or whatever, or or there are literally two different explorers that get you, or the, there's the industrial planet explorer that mm -hmm. gets you a mech, right? There's there's a, couple, a handful of those cards. Like, you can get mechs on four planets, not a big deal. Nine right. ground forces on one planet without a space dock. That is the bone that was thrown to Arborek. And everyone else, I think, really hates that one because it's not yeah, just it's not an issue. <laughs> it's not just an issue of uh, moving all of those ground forces and having the amount of capacity necessary to get them all on one planet where they where it's a legal point to score. But it also means you're pulling all of those ground forces from everywhere else because it's very unlikely that for most factions that you have way more than nine ground forces all sure. over your slice right and until the late game i mean you can certainly score this one in like a final round scenario where you sort of like your last maneuver is to like consolidate everything or whatever yeah but, yeah if it was for a control objective and it just so happens that you had nine or whatever yeah. but it's still yeah it, it can it can be frustrating if you're the wrong faction for it even somebody really good at ground combat like like sardak or something like Gama Mama makes you want to spread your infantry yeah, out, not exactly. have all nine focused yeah. on like one, uh, one planet or whatever. Arborek um, is really the only faction in the game that wants to put nine ground forces on a planet without a space dock. Nobody else wants that because everybody else, you put a stack of infantry on Mechatol Rex, and maybe you don't have an uh, have a space dock on Mechatol Rex, and that makes sense to me. But any any stockpile of infantry on your home system is almost guaranteed to be on a space dock. There are the two yeah. and three planet factions that yeah you could you could make that maneuver happen and it would be okay. But everybody else, it's like oh, I have to go do this on like freaking laser like what yeah. i don't want to do that <laughs> i'll say the soul party bus flagship yeah doesn't helps. have any trouble no moving the the infantry around for this um but beyond that yeah i don't i don't really know i don't really know who uh is good at this not that i i don't want to make it sound like it's impossible to score but it can be the type of thing where you know like if you draw this at the beginning of the game like you're gonna be able to set up for this no matter who you're yeah, playing like right. you're gonna be able to it's gonna take Probably more effort than yeah. it should, but it, but it, you you will score this or whatever. I don't want to make it sound impossible. But if you're the wrong faction and you get this like at the end of the game, yeah. it can be frustratingly impossible to score. And it's like all you got to do is just move your infantry around. Yeah. But it's like uh, if I don't have enough and they're right. not in the right spots and yep. yeah, talk so, about value uh, in transit diodes. That that certainly oh helps yeah. There. Um, Yellow okay. is on the rise. <laughs> so next up is things that didn't quite fall into the economic category, uh, but I want to call miscellaneous components. And here's here's how I will more clearly define this section. Pretty much all of this is economic things that are not things that you can just swing into having. They are pace-based, which is why I yeah. think there was an argument to include tech into this, which is like, it is reliant on a strategy card for almost all of these. It's reliant on some sort of strategy card to pull off doing. Um, and so without that, um, without that pacing, if you get this, if this objective comes out too late, there are factions where this is impossible. Just straight up and down, there's not enough time left in the game to get these things done. 
Um, so first up is our stage ones lead from the front, spend three command counters from tactics and or strategy. This one's this is the command counter is the easiest one, but it is still gated by leadership and um, you know, any other thing that lets you gain command can you leadership writers and stuff. I like that. hate it. Yeah. This it's, is, it's this just is my least fun. Favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it has some real like high school principal energy when it comes <laughs> out, you know, you're just like, Oh no, we're in trouble. We got us. We don't get to do as many things. Yeah. This nobody round gets to because, do anything this round. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Mr. Randall says we got to turn in all our turns. <laughs> uh, next up is rays of fleet have five or more non-fighter ships in one system. This isn't just about getting the ships there, it's about having that amount of command counters in your fleet supply, which for some factions is just wildly annoying. Uh, this is obviously a fun little gimme for Barony, who doesn't need as many command uh, right. terms. Uh, yeah, Barony yeah. and Mahakt can kind of pull this off in a much easier way. But everybody else, you have to invest command counters into fleet supply and get the ships where you need them to be able to do this. Um, so this varies a lot. I mean, there's some factions where it's like, yin or argent or like people anybody who de has decided to go destroyers is probably bo boosting up their uh their fleet supply but those yeah. are, i mean how often do you see round two people go down to f two fleet supply because they overspent their command counters round one and then if this comes out that next <laughs> uh, agenda or a uh, status phase it's like oh no now i have to spend like a whole extra turn really really revitalizing my command counter economy Sure. I want to use this, though, to emphasize how much worse the lead from the front is because yeah. you keep in these, you right. keep in these CCs. You get to I redistribute mean, yeah, you get to put them, them after in you score pool. it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and most of the time, the way, the, I mean, the easy, the easy, cool guy way to score it is to just build a bunch of destroyers or yeah. whatever. And just, I mean, it costs you, you know, five resources and you got to bank some of your CCs temporarily. It's okay. Yeah. You're going to get them back next round. You'll have more actions next round. Right. But when you do lead from the front, you're just saying like, well, I guess we all didn't do much this right. round and right. we're, it's, we lost momentum or whatever. Yeah. Uh, next up is improve infrastructure, which is to have structures on three planets outside of your home system and then build defenses, have four or more structures. Uh, these two are in a weird conflict with each other, but not really. I mean, if you, if you have... Structures on three planets outside of home, you are three-fourths of the way done with four structures, and you probably have a space dock at home. So you, right. in doing improve... So this is the idea with, with your structures. There is an incentive in POK to never put more than one structure on a planet ever, no matter what. Ooh, which, which I want is a double dock in the home. I want a triple dock I know. in the home if I'm well, a con. That's still... Yeah, that's, that's outside of home. That part is very annoying for improved infrastructure, but even um, the idea that I am... I lack incentive to put a space dock down and put a PDS on that same planet to protect it. Yes. Like, oh, it's annoying that I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, and, and I think that is, um, negative to how I would, I, I, this is one of those ones, miscellaneous component objectives all have the feeling of gating how much we are allowed to do in this game. Yeah. And tech objectives get included in that. Whereas spend objectives are like, I just need to find the right opportunity to spend this stuff. It's not specifically prohibiting me from doing other things. Like it's prohibiting me maybe from building plastic, but it's just reallocating my funds. These, because they are a pace-based things, you probably have to plan for them. And and so in that way, it controls how I'm allowed to play this game if I want to play it as efficiently as possible. So right. it makes it tough. Yeah. Well, just make sure you get those structures on on your outside home yeah. plan. And then once you get enough, just be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, and, and do your double dock at home. Who cares? Right. 
And don't forget about reactor meltdown and crippled defenses. Uh, that's the uh, crippled yeah. defenses is the other reason you never put more than one PDS on a planet, anyways. So that already existed. We aren't we're not putting two PDSs on planets almost ever, because then we become the juicy crippled defenses target, which is yeah. to destroy Ugh. all PDS on a planet. Um, also, yeah. just worth noting: be careful where you put your PDSs, because if it's adjacent to a wormhole or in a wormhole, there's an agenda that will just destroy all of them. And if this objective is out and you haven't scored it, and that agenda comes up. It's going to happen. <laughs> they, they, yeah. the, the table will screw you over. Uh, and, right. and you will no longer have time to come back from that. That's it. You're never scoring that objective. Yeah, structures are slow, huh? That's yeah. the thing about scoring the structure stuff is it's like, that, and, and for that reason, I would, I would put a high priority on structure objectives when they come out. Yeah. get them scored yes you know? do it do it get it done because you don't want to waste the, the spendies the the spendies you can score anytime you yep. score them er, you can score them early you score them late score them whenever the structures try and get those scored right away because your structure situation uh is slow they roll out slow yep. they take a long time they're completely de- completely dependent on somebody taking construction uh which sometimes is not always picked you yep. know so yeah uh, the stage two versions of all of these are galvanize the people, spend six command counters from tactical strategy. This is the my least favorite stage two for the same reasons we didn't like the three command counters. This just crush of final round suddenly becomes we don't get to do anything and we watch Jerry win, I guess. It's also too easy. Like if it's yes. the last objective that needs to be scored, how many times have we seen that? Okay, I'm going to take everything out of fleet yep. pool because I no longer need anything. I just right. need these CCs and I will, you know, I'll, I'm going to win on my first action with Imperial and turn in the six yep. CCs. It's happened many times. It's not the most exciting no. ending right. yeah. for the game. Um, command in Armada is have eight or more non-fighter ships in one system. That is egregious. <laughs> Having yeah. eight or more fleet supply is a huge investment and then making sure I get all of those ships in a system and all of those ships have to survive till the end of the round. We're talking about a two-pointer here. So we're talking about points that are on the table that everyone else is looking at and going, we have to stop them because that two-point swing probably leads to you winning, right? It's very rare that someone is scoring a stage two and it doesn't result in their immediate victory. So you have to put all of your ships in one system and not lose a single one of those ships when someone attacks it to come deal with it, which means you probably have to have even more than eight non-fighter ships in a system, or you have to have a ton of fighters to soak, which that is possible and helpful. So you, you soak the hits and don't lose any of your non-fighter ships, but still, Command and Armada, I I don't know that I've seen it scored. It seems incredibly difficult, except for Mahawked and Barony, right? They're, they they Barony, once again- well, I wouldn't even I wouldn't Barony, say, it's still I think Mahawked's advantage of kind of runs out here. Yeah. Uh, I think, because Mahawked has a lot of reasons to uh, first of all, spend the extra fleet pool that they're getting with Star Lancer, especially in an in-game situation where yeah. it's the last uh, objective that they need to score. That Barony hero is kind of the only ticket to scoring this easily. However, I would say if you you have eight non-fighter ships in one system, yeah, and it's probably your home system, right? If this right. is the last point that you need to score, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think you'll be okay. I, that sounds that sounds pretty good to me, right? Uh, as n- not really paying, like not thinking about it too much. If you've got a lot of fighters to soak, yeah, eh, and they're all it, dread, it, it definitely feeds into in itself, right? If I have to protect my home system to score this point, yeah. and I need to put as much stuff in my home system to score this point, cool. I can just make that all work with itself. <laughs> yeah, the, I think the trickiest part of it, and and so so one thing we should say is that. One thing that I find interesting about these two objectives are these are both objectives where if I've got leadership going into the final round, uh, that's good yeah, because I'm getting cow. extra 
of getting the CCs, but also leadership is always good in the final round because obviously first to score in the status phase. So these go very neatly yeah. with the idea that I've got leadership in the final round and they make it easier to do. Um, Armada, you know, if you're sitting at three fleet pool going into that, that means we need five yeah. CCs. But if we have leadership, that's not that hard no. to do. I'll add so. to that too. If you have leadership in the final round, you're also controlling the timing of leadership in the final round, which means mm -hmm. if you have other stalls available to you, you can prevent everybody else from scoring this and score it only for yourself because right. everyone else is probably also waiting on leadership to pop to get all those juicy command counters. And, or at least with command on Armada, they can't, you can stall them out, then they get the fleet supply, but now they don't have actions left to then put the ships in the right spot. You can't really stop Galvanize the People, right? They'll just put all the command counters there after they do the secondary. It's fine. But Galvanize the People is blockable as the leadership holder um, in the final round. Uh, let's talk about the last two, which is uh, our structure. Stage two is protect the border structures on five planets outside of home and construct massive cities, seven or more structures. You have it or you don't. This objective came out and you decided to plan for it or you didn't and you're never going to score it. That I mean, that's the way it goes. <laughs> this, this, is like score, this is like two tech and four colors. Of you either set up for it and get two free points or it's too late. I'm going to push back just a little bit. Sure. Because in a situation where you were set up to score the stage one, yes. all it's going to take is the primary of, of construction. Uh, construction for protect the border that has structures on five planets outside of home if you've got three plus two equal five yes seven plus structures That's... construct massive cities i think i will agree with you on that one i'm not yeah. really sure because if you've got four you, structures you total yep. plus two actually equals six we do a lot of math on the show and <laughs> we're very good at it too and so that that yeah that don't equal construction primary yep. so yeah construct massive cities harder than protect the border which is interesting because in the stage one version it's the other the, way around it's the other way around yeah uh our secrets that are component miscellaneous components form a spy network discard five action cards this is a very nice one to be uh leaning on it's very hard to lose action cards uh spy is the only action card that really takes them from you or like a sorrel in the game can kind of do some nasty stuff to you but if you mm -hmm. have enough action cards usually this it becomes an automatic point in the status phase fuel the war machine three space docks establish a perimeter for pds these two are pretty annoying but now that we have stage one or now that we have public structure objectives these become a little bit more doable you are more in range of these in the mid game if you are somewhat planning for the publics even if the publics hadn't yeah. come out but you're just like i want to be safe we see construction taken a little bit more often so these are more doable than they were in base game still can be kind of tricky yeah uh, i'll say with with form a spy network if you have form a spy network and you're playing against a sorrel uh and a sorrel is in the game under no circumstances should you attack Isarl because if Isarl <laughs> finds out Stay because Isarl's commander yeah. allows them to look at your secret objectives if they find out that you have this they can just be like no you are not scoring yeah. that I am <laughs> making sure that you do not uh, next is produce on mass unit you t this is to have units with eight production value in a system this one is extraordinarily difficult uh, for yeah. lots of especially this this suddenly makes our single planet home systems a huge pain in the butt because now we have to find some other system to put two space docks in almost for everybody I mean right. eight two space docks in a system it's four production value by itself with space dock one 
um, which means we need four more value, which means we, uh, we need a system with two resources and two resources or three resources and one resource. There's a lot of systems that don't fit that bill. And we have to have been planning for this, like all game, to specifically put the space stocks there. So this one, most people read as get space stock two. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And even space stock two doesn't always score it for you. Yeah. You know, like it's, it, there's a lot of cases where you get space stock two and now you have uh, seven right. production capacity instead of eight, which is, yeah. that happened to me one time. I think I even misread. Right. So I misunderstood something. I hardly ever researched space stock two. So I think sometimes I get confused as to like, what it how much it help yeah. basically yeah um, um but it's it i would call this one the one i'm most likely to throw in the garbage if i if i get if i draw it i'm gonna try to draw another one i, I don't i would rather not research one. space doc two yeah yeah exactly so you're right uh next the next two are a little bit more on the side of this miscellaneous component but i just didn't know where else to put it the first is purge two relic fragments this could easily be seen as an economic objective because maybe you didn't gain any and you just need to go out and buy some relic fragments um, but the weirdest thing with destroy heretical works is that it makes it really awkward um with relics and stuff the, the idea that like i might draw that secret later so i don't necessarily want to get rid of all of my relics as fast as possible because it would be really unfortunate if i get a relic then do the secondary of imperial and draw this secret and now i don't have relic fragments right now there are usually a handful of relic fragments just kind of out there in space but once we get to a certain point in the game the rest of the table is going to go I, I don't the only reason you're probably buying this relic fragment is for the point so yeah no yeah this is one of those ones that is easy until it isn't and then it can become impossible yeah, essentially right. um if if it was a game where i don't know like nobody was into relic fragments and they're just not even around and right. you don't have the tech for it and you draw this on the last round it could easily just be like oh no i yeah. don't even i can't i don't even have a shot at it or even the opposite could happen where everybody got all the relic fragments and they used them all up and nra bought them all up yeah. and now bleh, yeah. yeah uh it can be rough there's an action card that helps you do it season artifact so yeah. that's something i've seen people score this off of season artifact which is toy yeah i i think this one is if you draw it as one of your first two it's a very easy keep because this is if you know you have to plan for it this is very easy to do yeah, i what agree, we're saying yeah. is it's like if it's if it's your third one you drew that timing can be just really off so i, yeah. I would almost always keep this one unless my other secret option at the start of the game is like way yeah it, yeah like i said it, it goes from really easy to yeah. uh, sometimes impossible yeah. and it's funny in that way and last up is strengthen bonds have another player's promissory note in your play area. This one I always mentally have a breakdown of like, wait, do I want to give my, no, I want to have some, okay, I need to get somebody else's promissory <laughs> note. And this one just makes a weird princess bride scenario every time you're trying to buy any alliance or like trade convoys or promise of protection or something where it's like or or doing a support swap. Doing a support so. swap. Well, support swap is funny too. We'll get into the one that's weirder. This one is great with a support swap and is, if anything, exists to make support swaps more dangerous. <laughs> Someone will probably end up with a secret objective, so you shouldn't all six players just do support swaps because, because like, right. you're giving someone oh, okay. a support. We, but I know, but we're talking about a thing before. where it's that like, yeah, you're going to do it enough. Anyway. Yeah, that is not enough reason to avoid For a support sure. swap. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, honestly, Strength and Bonds is probably too easy uh, because it's just too easy to... to feign that you don't have it and even if you do have it some people are like listen for the right price i don't care give me yeah. eight trade goods and i will give you trade convoys it's fine 
make yeah. me help me score a point and i will give you this point for yourself um yeah the important point is it has to be in your play area i've actually seen players screw this up i saw we saw a player recently do it with the l1z1x promissory note where they played it oh no to get the command token in the status phase and that's not the same as having it in your play area we're talking about the ones where like as an action you put it up yeah. and then if they attack you or if you attack them you lose it right so like the dark pact uh trade convoys all of that kind of stuff is yeah is i mean it's trying to get. it's it supports alliances and then a handful of faction promissory yeah. notes all the ones that you play as action yeah basically the, the big thing to note here is this is where we saw the most growth in prophecy of kings in in yeah in base game there barely were any miscellaneous components we didn't think about but now we think about miscellaneous components all the time this is why secrets are so hard to judge now is there's like a million different departments you could be trying to score your secret objective in and it makes it impossible to guess what you're doing because it's just like there's all these different varied economies that you're working on yeah yeah i like the the word departments, you know, <laughs> going down to it. So where is this? Is this in uh, economy or no? Oh, it's in miscellaneous components. I see. All right. I'll go. So you go downstairs in miscellaneous components. You go by the gift gift wrap area. Okay. You take a right. It's by the bathroom. Um, okay. We, this we, We've talked quite a bit in this episode already, but it's now time to get to the section that I think there is. <laughs> That should be the name of the show. We've I, talked, we've uh, talked we've a lot, talked and there's more to already. say. Already, uh, yeah. We are now into battle objectives. That's what I'm calling them, even though they are also all defined by being action phase scorable objectives. But they also all involve fisticuffs. Time to fight uh, when combat. you want to do this. So some, some form of combat uh, are the battle objectives. Uh, they are all secret objectives. Uh, there's no battle uh public objective which i'm sad for but it makes sense when a battle objective is a public objective it makes people behave in really stupid ways uh yeah and, and play club around, yeah weird blocky things so anyways um in base game there were only five we've gotten a lot more of these and if anything this is what makes our game shorter is it's very it's now incredibly likely someone at your table has two or even three action phase secret objectives and has the potential for some major Ugh. swings in round five and i feel like the meta still has not reckoned with that idea that like there's always someone capable of like a huge swing and we have to plan around that a little bit better i think right now and we're in a meta some of these are easy. Some yeah. of these are yeah, like, that's, you can I mean, that, that's sleep. why the meta hasn't adjusted for it. Is some of them are so easy, there's no way you can stop it even if you tried. So wh right. what are you supposed to do? So yeah, that, I don't mean to overly criticize like people who play this game, but uh, it's certainly something that uh, frustrates me as much as I'm sure it frustrates everybody else. So let's go through them. Spark a rebellion, win a combat against the player with the most victory points. This is the most frustrating one to hold off on <laughs> until too late because then all of a sudden in the end game, someone does pull off a swing and the person you wanted to target with your attack to pull this off is now on the opposite side of the table rather than the neighbor you were planning on. So I recommend just do this one, even though you want to save action phases for the last round for that swing. You don't want to put yourself in the lead. Just do Spark a Rebellion when you can, because otherwise it can be ripped from your clutches. Or you can hold on to it and become a legend forever. Like <laughs> one particular person I'm thinking of. One, one amazing, amazing uh godlike i believe creature. his name is luke luke dukem luke luke the stukums uh <laughs> so the the other thing with spark rebellion is when you become the victory point leader 
uh, you're in a very awkward position of trying to get somebody else to score to at least tie with you so that you can fight them. Uh, so this one is terrible to draw like last when you're sitting on nine and you just need one more secret objective to, right. to break things off. Spark or Rebellion. Yeah, but how often does that happen? Sure. It's it's usually like pretty easy to score. You just got to find a combat somewhere yeah. that you can win. Uh, next up, we sort of addressed this earlier is Unveil Flagship, which is to win a space combat with your flagship and your flagship must survive that combat. It has to be alive at the end of a space combat that you won, which notably a skilled retreat blocks right when we're talking about mm-hmm. winning a combat same same goes with spark rebellion any of these that say win a combat are blocked by skilled retreats because skilled retreats are a draw they end the combat and nobody wins so it's always very annoying especially with unveil flagship because spark of rebellion you can always do another attack on that player but if i unveil my flagship and then you play a skilled retreat my flagship is locked down and i may be just completely doomed um, right. So when you have Unveil Flagship, very important to try to also get your hands on a Sabotage if you can. Right. Because that's about the worst thing that can happen to you is try to score that as like your game winning point, And it's just so easily ripped from your clutches. Yar, yar, yar. Uh, next up is destroy their greatest ship. The inverse of that. Destroy another player's uh, War Sun or Flagship. And this one could be very annoying in base game because just nobody was building their flagships in order to block this. But now... Yeah. We see more reasons. We see more good flagships. This one, people just don't specifically avoid as much anymore, which makes it more, more scorable. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally. Oh, also worth noting too. This is not a win. Just kill it. You can do that with PDS. You can do that in combat. You can do that with some other weird ability. But as long as the flagship dies at your hand, you scored the point. Um. This is where, too, we get into the idea that I actually misspoke last week uh, in in the objectives episode. I I, I misstated how these action phase objectives work. Uh, They are very specifically that you can only score one per combat, which means if you destroy someone's greatest ship in a combat that happened within the combat round, you can't then also win a combat against them to score another point. Now, if you kill the flagship due to space cannon, that's before combat, you can score that, yeah. and then you can enter into a combat and win the combat, and then you can invade the ground and have another combat, and, win, and there, there are ways to get around it. It's not all within one turn, but it is within one singular combat. You cannot score more than one of these objectives. Yeah, yeah, right. Multiple combats can happen in a single activation, right. and each combat could uh, potentially score right. its And own some of these can be secret. scored outside of what is regarded as combat. For example make an example of their world, bombard the last ground force on a planet. This is the one where you don't see it coming until it's very obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Usually it's like they've built a handful of dreadnoughts and you're like, maybe they need five dreadnoughts. And then they go and attack your planet with a single infantry and you're like, oh, they're trying to bombard their last ground force. And there's very little you can do about it at that point. So once they've found their target, uh, it becomes then just a roll of the dice. Uh, and that, boy, there's nothing more annoying than your second or third attempt to destroy uh, to make an example of the world failing due to bad dice rolls right that feels like the universe works against you yeah it's rough you get that there's got to be like a new meta where you have to put planetary shield on every yeah. single like a pds <laughs> on every single planet right. because no one is bombarding me yeah ever yeah unless you're l1 in which case yeah. go ahead l1 or muat lo- love love sure it. Yeah, um yeah, turn yeah. their fleets to dust is my least favorite objective maybe in the no that we know what my least favorite objective in the board game yeah, is, yeah, yeah yeah honestly that that joke that. is overplayed anyways destroy their last ship 
with Space Cannon. This one is just so weird because of really rules lawyer reasons, which is to say, I can't fire on your carrier with four fighters, use Graviton, kill the carrier, and then the fighters die due to lack of capacity. That is not turning your fleets to dust. Yeah. I have to, my, my PDS shot has to be what kills your last ship in the system. And that, Sit down, Graviton. Yeah. You're not. You're not. You're not going to score this. It's so weird. It's I like know. why can't Graviton score this one? I don't know. This, Dane, this come is, on. I know this Dane. is the one I most want to see change because it's. It is one of the hardest secrets to score in the game. It is so incredibly difficult. Well, it it, it it's another one where like if you draw it early and you know like oh I guess I'm playing a PDS game because yeah. this one even more so than have four PDS. I mean obviously if you have to have four PDS then you're probably playing a PDS game. But this one means. Not only do I need to have PDS, I have to have PDS too. Right. Uh, and probably, maybe I even need to throw on plasma scoring, depending on how many sure. chances we're going to have at this. And even um, then, you're still limited by what people put in range of your PDS. Right. Right. You can't move your PDS to go make them go attack stuff. So it's just what, it's if people attack you or if people come close to you and then you can activate their stuff and, and fire adjacent shots at them. Yeah. So I would say... Tr uh, in general, this is one that we might want to score with some haste unless you just feel confident or you have a reason. Like, you know, Empyrean put a destroyer near me and they don't have any CCs left. So I'm going to get to I'm going to get to flip this coin or whatever. Uh, but I've seen a lot of people, you know, their whole game go down the toilet because it was a coin flip for yeah. them to get turned to fleet to their dust. And it <laughs> what did I just say? <laughs> uh, and then they didn't get it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, next up is everyone's most loathed secret objective to demonstrate <laughs> your power this is to have three or more non-fighter ships after a space com space combat so obviously you have to uh be sort of the territorial winner of this combat but notably you don't have to win the combat you have to have no. the ships left over after the combat which means this is the only one of these where skilled retreat doesn't block our ability to do it and obviously with all of these win a combat objectives what anybody does is looks for that lone fighter two or that lone destroyer that's just right. sitting there a single carrier that got left above a space dock you attack that and you get an easy combat. And this one is so easy to do with that because, yeah, you just come in with like two dreadnoughts and a destroyer. There's no way they're going to kill enough of your ships and you score it easy. Uh, and there's literally no way to stop it in this case because skilled retreat doesn't even work. It's all also very obvious when it's happening, but yeah. it's another one where it's sort of like um, make an example where once they do the activation and they move three you know yeah. wait why are they moving three ships into yeah. this asteroid field with my lone destroyer <laughs> as long as they bring a single dreadnought basically there's almost never anything you can do about it right or even a single fighter it doesn't even have to be a dreadnought yeah. um so yeah i don't know it's 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 it's, it's pretty easy <laughs> yeah i think it'd be cool if it was five like yeah. have like because also the title of it demonstrate your power right are you demonstrating your power by just having like the average normal fleet i almost size wish and there's a rule in TI4, which is like, none of the things should require you to remember how something was earlier. That was a problem yes. in TI3 where it was like, wait, was the, did this qualify? And so this one is specifically set up to be like, the combat is over and I have the three ships. But I this is one where I wish it was like, have I wish you had to kill three ships in, in a combat. Oh, because that, yeah. that feels more like you demonstrated your power. You overwhelmed some large force. Um, you but can do that in a single combat. Destroy three non-fighter ships. But, but in a it requires you combat. to 
remember how many ships were there. I don't know. It's it's weird okay. is all I'm saying. Um, next You're up, right. It's not instant because you yes. might kill one in the first round and then not kill one right. in the second round and you then you'll go remember. six rounds. Exactly. And, yeah. Um, next up is Brave the Void. Win a combat and an anomaly. Another generally easy one until yeah. it's late game and suddenly there's just no ships and anomalies. Nobody's doing it. It's impossible. You can't get people to come to the anomaly that's with a you. Pretty, I know you've experienced I've that experienced game, Matt, it and that's in why you're three separate it. games, so it drives yeah, me nuts. I, I think you're just very unlucky because to me, this is a score this one in your sleep yeah. one. Well, there's with so Corman many reasons for people to have Evera, ships and anomalies. With Corman and Evera being very popular systems, there are generally units in one of those two systems and you get two chances right, right. because they might have units in space yeah. and they might have units on the on the ground Definitely. so that's yeah, yeah. The, the juiciest thing that can happen to you is like a flagship above Cormund with a single ground force and it's like cool Yummy. gonna go kill that flagship and then win a combat and an anomaly on the ground two points yeah. one activation uh next up is it's lucky that there's no i just want to say this there's lucky that there's no uh anomaly uh planet system tiles that have more than one planet because I know. otherwise we could get the dynamite right. like four point or would it be four? I guess three you could, point. You could score four points in one activation with 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 proper uh demo, with 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 the right amount of uh like. You can't TDS. even have four secrets. So I don't even know what we're no, talking about. No, you can't. I, I mean, you can. Obsidian. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think there is a way with with that many things going on to, to do it. Next up is betray a friend when a combat against a player whose note you are holding. Um, so this is the inverse of strength and bonds where. I, I do have it, but I'm going to give it up because all of those cards work the same way, which is I have to attack you and I will lose the card when I do it. But this way I score a point. So it's to break that agreement that you led someone into. Notably, this is the one where support swaps don't do anything for you because you're not going to net any points. You're going to attack them, lose right. the support for the throne, lose the point and then gain a point for the secret. Now, sometimes there's funny stuff in the late game where like that becomes a part of the plan <laughs> because you're going to get extra points in that system or in that activation, right? They're the victory point leader. You're going to spark a rebellion and convert your support for the throne into a betray a friend point. That that certainly can happen. But uh, usually this one is you got to get the alliance or specific factions have less incentive to give out their notes for low dollar amounts. Uh, Empyrean is giving their cards to two different players. They're giving two different players options to betray a friend, basically. Yeah. Also, uh, be mindful of the last round. Somebody is offering me, me yeah. their alliance for really <laughs> cheap. I love that move, though. It's hilarious to me. Okay. Next up is Darken the Skies. Win a combat in another player's home system. This is maybe the juiciest, coolest, best, most fun uh, secret objective that we got because it's not specifically easy, um, but it and it also ties in with some of our control objectives, you know, our, our our control someone else's home system or whatever. Um, but it it it's it doesn't you don't have to take the ground. It's always somewhat doable if you set up for it right. I just it's just like to me the most thematic best secret objective you can you can score i'm always excited for anybody who scores this yeah it's a it's a good like kind of pop off moment i think is uh is scoring this one yeah this is probably my favorite of the new uh combat objectives it also to be honest yeah and it flies in the face kind of of what the general prevailing wisdom is to do with your home system which is like hey listen as long as you stockpile infantry there you don't have to do much else but you usually have at least like a fighter or two or you know you have a small fleet, right. and now you have to consider to have either no fleet so that they can't win in the space combat or a major fleet 
so that it's difficult to win that fight. Right. Um, so it, 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 you become a major risk when you have a very small fleet protecting your home system. But worth noting, yeah. too, even if you put nothing there, if they can win the ground combat, then you're still in trouble because it's just winning combat in the home system in general. But guess what winning a ground combat in a home system can do? <laughs> Our next right. secret objective, become a martyr. <laughs> Lose control of a planet in a home system. This is the one that every single time it is scored... I get a little uh, ping on the Discord of someone telling me they scored Become a Martyr, especially if you do it as your last point uh, to win the game. If, if you are at nine and they have to take out your home system to beat you and you just have Become a Martyr and you win, that's a cool swag move. I get it. It's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This one, I'm not going to get into my complaints with it. We've talked about it before. Who cares? It's, it is interesting. Um, and the fact that it's, it's not funny. just it's fun it's not just your own home system is the important thing you can go take yeah. someone else's home system and then when they inevitably probably need to retake it then you can score this and so you sort of actively did something my only frustration with become a martyr is there's nothing that you can do on your turn to score this objective and that right. and this is the only one this is the only objective in the game where that is true i think it's all about that become a martyr meta yeah where you pretend all game that you have become a martyr <laughs> right and in fact all you did you don't have it and you've just left your home system very open <laughs> and not worried about it at all yep. but you're role-playing as someone with become a martyr now how does this get ruined if somebody else, else drops become a martyr <laughs> then you're 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 just boned yeah but i think it's hilarious but uh it's it's I will say it's decided a lot of games already yes. in POK. Here's, so. what, here's, here's what I think is the real Become a Martyr uh, juicy play. It's that you had Become a Martyr uh, in, in a final round scenario. You're, you're the one that can win. And then uh, you show it. You show that it's, you're in that one of those weird situations where they're like, show us your secrets. And so you have to show them Become a Martyr. And then you take it back into your hand. And then you do the secondary of Imperial. And you get another secret objective and you shuffle them up and you put one of them back and the rest of the table now goes, we knew that they had to become a martyr, but now yeah. we don't know if they have become a martyr. And yeah, you, and, and the, cool. the, the real juicy play is that you got some action phase and you no longer have become a martyr and your home system isn't under threat because they're, cause you could have it and they can't take the risk. Right. But you actually now get the freedom to go do some other fight and win the game anyways. That's hilarious, Matt. That's actually a really great idea. Um, yeah, that's that's cool. Send us that play of the week. Don't send us the play that the, the already the kind of I won with become a martyr is kind of like the I won with the Sarl stalls from yeah. TI4 base game right. in that it, it is. I don't want to not it's trying cool. to take any wind out of anybody's sails. It is cool. And, and when it first happens, you feel like, whoa, yeah. that's like a crazy thing that happened. But then it turns out that the game actually yields that outcome yeah. fairly often exactly. is the thing. Yeah. Uh, and last up, we have fight with precision. This is to use anti-fighter barrage to kill the last fighter in a system. I love this one. Um, you definitely can plan for it. Destroyer 2 isn't bad. It's a pretty good upgrade. Uh, yeah. And lots of factions are encouraged to consider getting it, especially just if your neighbors are some fighter faction. Uh, so th this one is almost the equivalent of what we were just describing earlier with the have three combats. Like if, if it were to kill three ships, this is this is sort of that kill all the fighters specifically with anti-fighter barrage, uh, I think is is a pretty awesome one. It can still be pretty tricky, though. I had a game recently as Argent Flight who you'd think, oh, man, 
They're going to, I held this one all game because it was going to be so easy to do in the last round. I was going to win the game with it. And then in the last round, nobody had fighters anymore. All the fighters right. were gone, or at least at the right. very least out of my range, right? I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can only get so far. And so all of the small amount of fighters were on the other side of the table. And I became completely impossible for me to score this just because there weren't, there just weren't fighters in range of, of my many, right. many, many destroyers that were all over the board still couldn't find a spot to try to score this. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, that's I I've seen that happen uh, in a couple games where fight with precision is a lot. So I would say fight with pre- precision. I would uh, rank it higher on the maybe we should just score this one this round instead yes. of wait until the end kind Absolutely. of deal. So, yeah, yeah. I, I would do that as soon not as soon as you can, but like round three or round four, just try to make it happen. Don't don't yeah, save if, it for yeah, the final, it was the early final draw. Round. Especially right. because if you think about the meta of the final round, a lot of people are recoiling into their home systems and stocking exactly. up on stuff. So it's pretty likely you're going to lose your opportunity to score it in the final round because people are going I to mean, either build a ton of fighters or like get everything out of the way and go. Alternatively, you could. I mean, maybe you don't have to. Maybe you don't have to. Um, you know, hold or uh, try and score it right away. But at least, you know, set up for yes. it. If if you are going to hold on to it, if you're one of those players that's like, I really want to hold on to my action phase secrets until the very end, then you need to make sure that you're going to be able to score this. Which um, mostly so means getting destroyers. Yeah, not just a lot of destroyers, but have them all over. You need at least one destroyer sure. in range of some of like every hex on the map. Or basically. like a destroyer fleet. Yes. Concentrated on the other side of the map near someone near some fighters that you know are not going away anytime right. soon. Yeah. That's something you can do. Um, so so that that's all the battle objective that's all the action phases again these are the thing that definitely like clearly define uh pok pok's new meta of like ah the mm-hmm. game is so fast because uh, how many of those did we talk about as just being like yeah i mean that's certainly doable um and and uh, i'll just reiterate again it's almost impossible to consider every single secret objective somebody else could have and so the game right now feels very um like like in ransom we're being held ransom mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. these the possibility of all of these action phase secret objectives and and what players can do with them in their swinging right. potential right yeah yeah do you want uh, to talk about these other weird yeah ones? these these other weird ones just didn't fit into any other category and it's really it's the two agenda phase ones which is drive the debate you or a planet you control are elected and dictate policy there are three or more laws in play both of these, uh, the special mention here is that they are specifically only scorable in the agenda phase, which means if the extra do their hero in the action phase and then like a new law gets put into play, they don't get to score it, which is super duper weird and specific, but like it very specifically must be scored in the agenda phase. Well, the extra hero does not need, I need another boons. boost. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I, it is weird, but whatever. It is it is probably balanced. It is proper that they don't get to also score both. You know, if extra got to just hold on to both of these <laughs> secret objectives and then do their hero and like score right. seed and two secret objectives and then like get all this other stuff, it would be ridiculous. And Imperial Rider too. Like, right. Yeah, that, that's that's too many things. And notably, drive the debate if you score, if you, it's not... You, you it's it's our elected not yes, yes true you, you don't have to right. end up winning this does have really weird results with like confound uh, c- confusing legal text and confounding legal text uh, mm-hmm. so the wording of those cards is that the new thing is elected instead so uh, confounding legal text is the one that's really good right because you right. you can steal it from somebody else and then just score this so if you get that right. action card drive the debate is basically 
perfect. You you will win it. <laughs> you will right. get that point. Um, because unless they sabotage the card, whatever. Uh, the last one, which you should, you probably should, especially yeah, if it's not a good it. elect player. Yeah. If somebody's like, I want to confound this, and it's like, why? Mm -hmm. This isn't good. It's like, well, that's because we figured yeah. out why. Yeah. Uh, the last one is prove endurance, which there's just no other way to account for this. You could almost, I could almost call this a miscellaneous component objective because it's like have the stalls necessary to get you to be the last player to pass is the, is mm -hmm. the objective. But this is also one that it's like, it's more or less impossible to stop once they get the ball rolling on it. Because once a player sure. decides to prove endurance, they've generally mapped out like, I can do this many stalls. Um, only things like Asarl and Nasroka could like really actively choose to get in the way of that. Um, but if you block them once, you might not be able to block them next round. Um, th this one's really hard to stop. Yeah, I don't. Well, again, I think it comes down to what are the other factions in the game, and yeah, you mentioned the two that that could easily stop this in most situations. Um, I'll say it's not good. It's not good if people know this is the last point you're trying to score, yeah. Because then everyone's going to try and figure out how to, how to stop it, right? And sometimes that math works out. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it's it's it's. I see. I feel like people score this early a lot of the times, and I don't think it's quite on that level yeah of like oh it, it needs to be scored early it, it, if, if the right factions are at the table and i'm like confident i might save this for my last point yeah. well and worth I'm like, noting I'm pretty sure i could do it it's a really really good uh last set of points objective because it is notably still an action phase secret objective it's happening at the very right. end of the action phase and this is another situation where if you took leadership you probably gained enough yep. command counters to stall everyone else out. Even even more so, probably stall people out of getting their leadership command counters so they are forced to pass early. Then you get this. Then you're scoring first and you do your other secret and your stage. You know, Proving endurance in the last round is definitely a major way to have a, a, a sudden swing into victory um, right. if, you, if you can guarantee yourself leadership. It's funny how much, like, you know, obviously leadership is already important because of the initiative. Um, but it's funny how many of the objectives like kind of double down yeah. on on that and say like yeah leadership owns yeah. if it's the last round every every guide we do should have the consideration of even if we're trying to be like I don't know if leadership's that great there's still always the caveat of well leadership's always good though yeah. <laughs> to a certain, having command counters is always 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 good so you kind of in general should always be trying to talk yourself out of leadership if it's an option yeah. to you because there's just yeah. too much that can happen too many options you get yourself uh by not missing out on those free command counters so at this point we pretty much overviewed uh every objective in the game in two parts Yar. um but we're of course it's us so we're not done but uh before we finish up we should probably do an ad break let's yes. do one right Okay, it is analysis time. It is time for the much long-promised analysis of all of the objectives we have already described. First question I have for you, Hunter, that you alone get to answer, and I'm going to not answer because I don't want to. How do I get... How does one get to 10 victory points and win the board game? This is a stupid bullet point. I wish we'd toss this out. This is a dumb... <laughs> What do you mean, how do you get to 10 no, points? Okay. You score Here, all the points, here's, you dingus. Here's what this actually means. There is... there is. Uh, yeah, a, trans, make the question better and then and I'll There's an area where we have to talk about the structure of these objectives and available points leads us to a very specific pace in oh, the I game. Oh, I see what you're saying. 
There yeah. are five stage one public objectives that will come yeah. out. There are up to four, but realistically three secret objectives that you can score and hopefully we'll score all three. So that's eight points that are like, hey, that's all doable. That's that's in the realm of possibility that you can pull that off. Most people will do a support for the throne swap at some point in the game. That's so nine that's points. Nine. So you have to find one more point. And that therein lies the actual challenge of a game of Twilight Imperium is figuring <laughs> out where the tenth or specifically the tenth point. That's funny. And the tenth point can be your second point. Does that make sense? When as soon as you get a point that isn't one of those stage one sure. publics or a secret or your support for the throne, that is your tenth point that you've lost. He's talking in. about the custodians, ladies right. and gentlemen. Well, it's custodians. Uh, it's all the stuff we talked about earlier. We sort we half made this point before, but it's, uh, I mean, and I mean that last last week we sort of started to talk about this. But but that idea of when we're doing commentary in a game and we say, oh, they're they're ahead, even though they're like at three, it's because they took the custodians point or they scored a point on Mechatol with Imperial Imperial Rider, and they got yeah. a point outside of the the conventional area of points. Uh, is that what we mean when we say free points? Three points. Free I points. don't know. Is that what we mean by three points? We, there's a lot of definitions that can happen here, and we probably have to settle on some uh, on some I of think them. Three points is like when you get to do Imperial Rider and your extra or something like that. Yeah. Like those like unfortunate moments where you just get yeah. a point and it just happens. I think there's definitely Shard been times, of the Throne is kind of a free point, right? I think there's times where I have described those non horse race points as the free points but I, th maybe we need a better term for what those are but the the point that you really need to clinch a victory that is a very specific thing um the the other question that's lined up here though is wh what is your pecking order hunter when you look at public objectives what you know we just described you have your tech objectives your control yeah. objectives your economy objectives and your other other component objectives in a vacuum, what order are we trying to score these in? And I think for me, it has changed a lot. And it, it, it first started changing when you did the Sardak guide and you sort of proposed an alternate to the what at the time was the conventional scoring order. Um, but but I, I wonder where your head goes because I think you're better at this game than me. When, what are you trying to do um, when you score objectives? So faction considerations are important and basically make this point that i'm going to make po impossible but in a world with no win resistance i i do i do still think in spite of what you just said about the sardak in in the sardak guide um i basically said uh just score whatever you can just when you can yeah. don't don't save any it's kind of like that gattaca thing where right. they both uh do they swim out to you guys remember gattaca <laughs> uh so like you swim and you don't save anything for the return journey. You just go, right. go, 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 go. That is not necessarily how I'm going to answer this question though right now. I, I still think that the best way to score is to score difficult objectives first. The uh, Score things that can be taken away from yep. you first. Uh, things that, that, that you, uh, you know, like... If, if I've got a bunch of trade goods, then the spends are untouchable. So I don't actually need to worry about the spendies right now. If I don't have trade goods, then technically the spendies can be taken from me if someone attacks me. So th there's a way to evaluate right. should the spendies be up or down. It's going to change every game and every faction that you play is going to have a different 
uh, order that they should be worried about scoring uh, the public's in. One thing that's always true, though, is like, if you got a tech objective, you got a tech objective. Yep. Like, there is no... There's no wiggle room to it. Nobody can remove one of your texts or something. Right. So don't worry about it. If uh, if you've got that one, but you could score something else, go ahead and score the other thing. Right. You know? And that's and a big thing. Is don't ever objective. just, oh, I have the tech objective lined up. I don't really need to do anything else this round. That's never true. You need to, if, mm, if you, well, no, 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 listen. Let me, let me, let me word it this way. Okay, if you ahead. have the tech objective lined up, then what this round has now become, if you can't obviously score another point this round, you're setting up this round to be able to score the point next round because the point that you have for this round is so locked up, you don't have to do, you don't have to put in any other effort. So your effort now needs to be spent on the next round's objective, making sure that that is doable when it comes time. That That is, that is something that on the face of it, I do not disagree, but it is not always like that. Yeah. Sometimes there is a strength in saying, "Hey, I've got this banked. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save something for next round." But that's what I'm, what I'm saying is exactly that. Is is the intent of saving is still an act of I'm gonna save sure. up, I'm gonna save up command counters for three command counters next turn. I don't quite have it now, right. but I'm not gonna take extraneous actions right now when I need to just hold back some command counters so that when I gain two more next turn, I have three to spend. Or whatever. I, I I guess what I'm here. Let's build a hypothetical so this makes more sense. I feel like we could lose some people right here. So hypothetically, let's say I've got two unit upgrades and I've got that in the bag. I've already I I haven't scored it yet, but I have two unit upgrades. Yeah. There's a control objective I could go for, but it's like unlikely right. for me to get it. Why not in this situation? Because I think in the past we've kind of said like, no, you should just go ahead and try and get that. Do the coin flip. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Try for it. But what if the board state changes right. next round and it's even easier to score that control objective? So you do the you do the thing that feels right, which is I've got an easy objective and let me try and score a hard objective. But sometimes if 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 swinging out and trying to score the really hard objective right now is too hard and you're doing it merely for uh, the coin flip of doing it and it comes up the wrong way, maybe it was actually going to be better for you to just do less this round yep. so that you have more inertia going into exactly. the next round yeah well, and it's pr primarily command counters is what i'm talking about right command counters but also some of it can be ship positioning is it kind totally. of hard this round but you can move this fleet and these ground forces a hex mm -hmm. or two closer so that next round you can bring even more stuff to that fight and then actually really take the planet that's the kind of stuff you're trying to set up is is looking at the pacing of where all your stuff is it is very easy to suggest to players score a point every single round no matter what but then they lose sight of what their game flow is. Um, that, th this is the similar point of what we were talking about earlier with the spend eight resources. If you can pull off some other objective early game, I would do that over spending eight resources because spending eight resources right now, even though you could just do that, that could that could just be very easy for you and you don't have to accomplish anything else. You're not getting any board presence down. So if something like have ships on the edge of the game board is available to you and wouldn't be that difficult but you would have to sort of put yourself out there or you could spend eight resources i might try to get my ships into position see if that's going to work out build more units and then next round score the eight resources right. because trying not trying the ships on the edge of the game board 
Scoring eight resources means next round, it's still just as difficult to score three on the edge of the game board because I gained no ships in the process. Right. I only scored the eight resources. I, I made no other means to put myself into position to do something. And it could have become more difficult because other players did gain ships. And now it's very difficult for me to get three ships on the edge of the game board. Yar, yar. I agree. I agree. Totally agree. Uh, anything more I can say about order? I have no idea. I, I will say this. One thing that has changed uh, is that setting up for some stage twos, uh, mm. no, not yeah. happening anymore. Like yeah. a, you, in base game, you could be like, I'm going to go ahead and get three unit upgrades because if three unit upgrades come up, comes out, I'll probably have a good chance of winning then. Uh, or you could be like, I'm going to make sure I have enough resources. I got to save trade goods yeah. for the, for the spendies. Now there's so many things in the stage twos and you're only going to see one of them most of the time that it's almost impossible to yep. prepare for one of the stage twos. Some things that are still good, like mirror computing is still good uh, for stage twos, but they the ones that are relevant come out less. And there's only one new one added that is relevant yep. for mirror computing. And right. it's almost half not relevant because right. it involves six trade goods. trade goods. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The, the stage two question is a weird one. And it also ties into that 10th point thing though, is if you're a faction that can pull off some sort of uh if you can set up for a lot of stage twos and there are certain factions we have talked about in the past where it's like hey they're actually pretty good at stage twos that isn't just one less free point you need that's two right the stage two means you don't even have to get to nine you can get to eight you don't have to have scored all three of your secrets or you don't need that support swap or you don't need all five stage ones getting to 11 isn't any better than getting to 10 so it's definitely worth no the, the big problem here is you can't predict what that stage two is going to be so it's very very difficult to play into that as a strategy but you know something like joel nar can very often put themselves into a situation where they actually could accomplish a decent amount of stage twos. And for some Jolnar games, it may be worth leaning into that a little bit and playing safer and hoping you get lucky. I'm not going to say that's like the most reliable way to play, but it certainly can work out in your favor for specific factions more than others. Right, right. Uh, um, next up is, we've talked about this some, we talked about action phases, but like, when should we go for action phase secret objectives and i want to make sure we're just covering things we haven't already talked about but i i think there is an an intent that people want to save every single action phase secret objective for the final round of the game and try to always pull off some big swing there's all the things of i don't want to get too far ahead because if i if i'm ahead i have a target on my back it's easier to be sitting at five points while everyone else is at seven and if i have the ability to swing a five point victory then nobody saw me coming then i never got the heat from the table and that's all great but it, how, how far can you run with that logic until it becomes a problem for you? How many secret objectives can become more difficult in the last round or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. I think there are some that you can kind of always play that game with. And there are some, I think we did a good job of kind of covering yeah. that in, in the section itself of like, how easy is this one to score? Do you need to be careful? Are there some problems you can run into? You yeah. know, we talked about the AFB one. Uh, fight with precision uh sometimes the fighters just dry up or they yeah. go home you know right, right. and they and now they're too far away and you can't get there um so yeah i i i think uh there's some people that really swear by the whole like hold your action phase secret yeah uh thing um but i think sometimes you do that and you lose the game yeah. and and that is a bummer uh so 
it's a very hard thing to give you advice yeah. about here, in here's, a vacuum. Here's sort, of a, here's a sort of a random generalization. If you took the custodian's point, I can see an argument for holding off on an action phase because you're like already ahead and you're already getting the table's attention. Mm-hmm, and if you fly mm-hmm. even further ahead, you will definitely get that target on your back. But if you're just sort of in the pack and getting one extra point is only going to put you one point ahead, you can always fall back on that defense of, but I haven't found my free point yet. That's why I think talking about that 10th point is important. It's so easy to look at it and go, listen, y'all, yes, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm at seven right now, but I've done all five of the stage ones and I've right. done two secrets. You know I only have one secret left I can do. I don't have that 10th point available to me, so don't freak out yet. And that gives you a lot of leeway in when you decide to score a secret because it's not necessarily putting you wildly ahead because in POK, yeah. everybody, almost everybody can get those eight or nine points. It is, again, that 10th point is critical. So always fall back on that defense. It doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. You're slamming it right now. <laughs> I just want to say, frankly, Matt, you are slamming it. Slammed. Uh, Hunter, at one point you talked about soft points versus hard points, and I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's like an egg thing. Soft, boiled, <laughs> hard, boiled, whatever. Uh, so soft, a soft point is like a, the most common one, right? Support for the throne. That's a soft point. Right. Because it could go away under various circumstances. You might elect for it to go away or you might be put in a situation where you have to make uh, a terrible decision yeah. uh, in order to give it away. Uh, so that is a soft point because it can go away. Hard point uh, are, is basically everything else. Uh, scoring objectives, uh, the Imperial Rider, that's a hard point. You know, we can take that away from you. Um, custodians is a hard point imperial yeah. primary on mechatol rex is a hard point right there really aren't that many soft points besides support for the throne and shard of the throne yeah and then sort of like the crown of infidia tomb yeah. of infidia type thing before you've scored it that is right. it is a soft point. I, I feel like that can be a, a point of of soft points too is is the potential for the point so like ha- like we said earlier having a tech objective lined up that's hard. That's it. <laughs> I can do it. Right. Your only way out is to take my home system. But th- right. a, a, a potential objective can be soft, can be softened by the idea that it's like, well, if you need 16 resources and we take away your major resources, we can trickle away at your ability to score that objective. So very right often on. the final round becomes about trying to deny soft points and recognizing where the hard points are and what you have to do to stop hard points because it's very different. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I think that soft points versus hard points would have been a bigger conversation yeah. in base game right. because we had those um, agenda laws. Uh, laws that would give you um, points that could be taken away. We still have agendas that give you points, but they actually can't be repealed yeah. or anything. They're, uh, they're political just censure so is the only one, right? Political censure is in oh, fact correct. a law. Yes. So it's the only one. But but mutiny and seed are directives that don't, there's no way to get rid of those points once they've been scored. But political censure is our only other soft point because uh, the, the action card repeal law could just take that away from you. Yes, that's a good point. That's a good point. I did not think. And that one got specifically, the old ruling in base game, if you're listening to this episode as like a primer for just your base game, you haven't played POK, it's worth noting that the old agendas were still hard points because repeal law did not take the point away. But political censure is specifically worded that when you lose political censure, you also lose the victory point. Um, so so very worth noting that that is soft now, whereas agenda points didn't used to be soft because you could never lose it once you'd scored it, even though you could take 
the specific agenda away via I forgot law. A, that was so silly and what now that's gone thing. yeah we don't do that we anymore. just don't do that anymore um, that's cool that, so that's that's all I got Hunter you got any any last words for Vic, for the way this game is played victory points and objectives uh, I mean you just get 10 stuff just get 10, get together easy. I don't know you get 10 of them and then and then their uh, winner is declared and sometimes sometimes it's very dramatic sometimes <laughs> it's not sometimes <laughs> Sometimes it can be kind of stale feeling. Sometimes it's yeah. spicy, 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 spicy. Yeah. Um, the game. I think it's important to remember that this game will deliver a lot of different outcomes, uh, and many of those outcomes are uh, beautiful. But there is so much, you know, so much dice is being rolled. Right. You know, uh, and 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 it's metaf metaphysical dice and actual dice <laughs> right. uh, are being rolled all the time in this game. Uh, that you know, sometimes uh, it's somebody's going to get to ten, and it's going to feel like you know, it's going to be like somebody farted or right. whatever. It's nothing. <laughs> and, it's sometimes, like, and sometimes you're in a tournament game, and it's a tiebreaker, and it's even more of a wet fart that just sort of peters out the whole game or sometimes uh everyone needs to watch prelims game number 12 need to watch it when it comes out on youtube because it's insane it's just uh, <laughs> it's just uh completely insane can game. we can we real quick take note of how every single like almost every prelims game this year has been like semis or finals quality games and that like the competition this year in the tournament is so fierce Dude. that it freaks me out how good the finals are going to be yeah yeah and 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 i need more people need to start recognizing this yeah y'all yeah th there's there's people in the chat in these games and just in general that i'm seeing on discord and y'all are in denial because <laughs> i'm telling you and i get to tell you this okay <laughs> this is something i am more of an authority on this than you are okay i will be cocky about this one i I watch, I watch a lot. I watch a lot of stuff. I know I watch more than you. Here's how I know. Because even if you watch every single game that comes out, you don't watch it at home with me while I'm scrubbing through it and editing it. You can't do that. <laughs> Hunter, watched, You're not, Hunter like, watches every I, game and then he watches some games twice. <laughs> yeah, yes. So, you know, and, that, and I actually I can hear someone be like, actually, I watch these games every day i watch every single patience game four times so that i can defeat him in the semifinals fine but prove it so here's <laughs> you got to prove it uh but here here's my point the quality overall of play that we are seeing from each player in the tournament is uh, i would say on a whole nother level yeah. compared to the overall quality of play that we have seen in the past this is the best class of players that i have ever seen uh, and I am blown away yep. by how many new people I'm seeing that are really good at this game and uh, just play it magnificently. And it's beautiful. I'm going to cry. It's so good. <laughs> and I love it. Okay. So no more of this. Uh, well, well, X person that was did well in the tournament last yeah. year didn't get through. So that means everything. No, no, no. Good it's, players the competition are making it into the fiercer. Yep. For yes, sure. it is. It is. It has never been harder to win in the tournament. Yep. Okay, and everyone that has won, bravo. And everyone that's lost, it it's it doesn't mean that it you're bad you. at the game. Yeah, like yeah, it's just it's a really random game that just goes crazy all the time. And also, everybody's really good at it now. Yeah. Okay, yep. it's hard. Yeah, 
I want to thank all our weird bears, Farganus, TG Welch, Brian, BotBot, Kaluan, Squeamish, Emu, Son, Aleto, Mate, Nason, John, Arwise, Absol, Ponchadori, Astoria, and Bro Duel. And I want to thank our little peace turtles, Naderade, Patience of the Virtue, Gaskio, Dark Jutsu, Brave Sir Robin, Uncle Batty, Frank G. Carnal, my son is also named Bort, Anvilier, Sam Lee, Alice, and Kraken. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Galactic Council poll for the next uh, bonus episode, unprepped episode where we just say stuff and Hunter and I now have a part of the show where guaranteed once a month, we get to have all of Reddit scream at us at the same a time. A million, <laughs> a million hot, hot takes all <laughs> screaming. Um, so uh, here's the two options uh, for the one for the end of this month, I should say. Um, first option is what faction is everyone sleeping on? Uh, which is where we talk about a faction that we feel like people are not paying enough attention to. Um, and then the second option is Matt and Hunter improv a homebrew faction with no prep. Yep. We sit down. Yeah. We turn the microphones yeah. on and we make up a new homebrew faction. Mm-hmm. Pull it out of our butts. Um, a lot of butt Homebrewers guild. <laughs> Do what? There's been a lot of butt talk in this episode. Whatever. Hey, PG. <laughs> PG. All right. Uh, homebrewers guild. Uh, faction promissory notes. I want more. Give me more. Uh, got a lot of good ones. This is... I, I feel like this isn't getting as much heat as some of the other uh ones that we've done but this one like you can really this is i'm inviting you to like get do edits for a faction you know like and 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 i have seen there's a lot of good stuff in the homebrewers guild no 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 shade or anything but i want to see more and i want to see more people uh you know getting in on it essentially because um this is the one where we really can like kind of shape the you can go you can go wild you can go crazy you can be like i got this goofy faction promissory note that's insane or you can be like, this would actually be like a cool little edit, you know, mm-hmm. that would actually help this this faction. And I could see maybe even being like a, a candidate for like an Omega or yeah. something like that. Right. You know, uh, our Twitch schedule this weekend for the tournament is Friday, April 16th at 1500 UTC is on the Space Cats Peace Turtle Twitch. Saturday, April 17th at 9 UTC is on the Flat Tomatoes Twitch. And Sunday, April 18th at 14 UTC is the Space Cats Peace Turtles Twitch. Come watch games 13 through 15. We will we, we are we are close to halfway through the prelims. Not yeah. even halfway through the prelims yet. My <laughs> goodness. Okay, so if you've noticed on YouTube, uh there the the games being uploaded slowed down temporarily. We had a major technical issue Matt, days long. Matt got thing. a new computer and didn't update all his settings properly and it screwed Hunter over I, for multiple days. <laughs> You know, I, I wasn't going to out yet. I was going to let it just nah, be, it's but me. you chose to do it. It's me, babe. So we fixed it at, like, literally last night. It should be okay now. So now I can catch up. There will be a bunch of tournament games coming out uh, every day, probably for a little while. Uh, and then also, I still owe you all uh, the most recent homebrew game. I have not forgotten about that, but obviously I am in a mountain of yeah. of editing and, and putting stuff together but uh there there will be uh uh not last weekend but the weekend before that we'll catch up on all those tournament games and then we'll get the new tournament games coming up and then a homebrew guild game yeah. it's all coming it's all happening it's, it's all, all happening. happening and if you like what's happening you can give our podcast a five star rating on apple podcast itunes or wherever <laughs> you listen to this show you can Awful. also go to our website for Patreon, Twitter, and Discord, and our merchandise, whatever you want to see or buy or pay or look at, it's there. SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles.com. Yeah. Um, okay, what now? 
Well, we, we finished another part two, and this one didn't turn into a part three, even though it was a very long episode. Um, I'm thankful for that. I'm glad... It's always a long episode, brother. <laughs> Never stops. Okay, so we're, we're done with the episode. We're now. done with I the episode now. I'm just using my real voice. Yeah, now yeah. I'm just using my real voice. Yeah. This is how I sound at home. It's, it gets so tiring listening to your grating, nasally voice. This this one I is know, so much I put more comforting. On my, my radio voice, and I hate it. It's just not. It's not. It doesn't not have the me. same tones as my normal voice. It's not an uh, authentic hunter. Yes, 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 because I'm a demon. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.